Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. First-time director Lillian LaSalle's award-winning and timely documentary, My Name is Pedro, explores what public education meant to the South Bronx Latino maverick educator Pedro Santana and what he in turn meant to public education. My Name is Pedro is a profound story of how one person actualizes learning and positive change in children, adults, environments, and communities through an impact ripple effect strategy that he has effortlessly perfected. He certainly has. The film is again called My Name is Pedro, and we're joined today by the director, first time director, and that would be Lillian LaSalle. Lillian, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, I guess the, the obvious question is, how did you get to know Pedro Santana? And it feels like you were around him for a while from the film. It just feels like you really got to know him. But how did this all start? Sure. Uh, I actually read an article about Pedro in the New York Times. And in that article, it was, of course, it was an interesting story about how he turned a failing middle school in the South Bronx around as, uh, as its principal. But what was most compelling to me was the photograph that was featured in the article, which is a photograph of Pedro with his long flowing hair, looking like he's practically at a nightclub, dancing with his students. And I thought, wow, that doesn't look like any principal I knew growing up. <laughs> and, and after reading the story, I thought, what an interesting human being. And I thought originally to produce a film about him, um, a narrative feature based on his life. And so I called him at his school, it was summer session actually. He picked up the phone right away and I told him that I was an independent filmmaker and could I meet with him? And he said, how about tomorrow? <laughs> and that was part of Pedro Santana, his immediacy. Yeah. He was about doing things now, not waiting. Yeah. And so I went to meet with him in the South Bronx and really upon entering his school, uh, MS391 at the time, you could feel Pedro Santana's trickle-down effect of the kind of person he was and the kind of impact he had uh, in people's lives. From the moment you opened the door, you saw the security guard, you know, sitting at the front desk there, who greeted you with, well, hello, are you here to meet Mr. Santana? And I thought, wow, this is like the Twilight Zone. <laughs> what is this place? And, and Pedro uh, greeted me with open arms and a hug, had never met me before, uh, which later in the film, you see that he actually hugs everyone he meets. We sat down and we talked about his life. And I just knew in that moment you know, as many filmmakers will say about their subjects, that they're charismatic and compelling. He was more than that. He really, I could tell in the first five minutes of meeting him that he was going to change my life because in that first five minutes, 
he made me feel like I was the best version of myself. And I thought, how does this person do, how is he doing that? And so I thought about it and I thought, you know, he would make an amazing documentary, but I had never directed a film and never made a documentary before. So I called him the next day and said, Pedro, I'm sure you've been approached by a lot of experienced people, but I really think that you would make an amazing documentary. Um, and what do you think about that? And he says, that sounds like a great idea. Because Pedro was always about saying yes, yeah. never about saying no. Mm -hmm. And he said, that sounds like a great idea. And I said, you know, I've never directed anything before. I don't even know how to make a documentary. And he said, you know what, Lillian, I believe in you. And that started a five-year journey. Uh, and it's interesting that you say, it seems like I knew him a long time. We actually started shooting immediately and it was really only through the camera that I got to know him. But to his credit, he was so open in the beginning. He was so friendly and unguarded with me that it did feel like an immediate friendship also to me. That was a blessing for me as a filmmaker because I never had to be shy about the questions that I asked him and he never held back. He told me everything. He told me the truth yeah. about what it was like growing up in the South Bronx, in poverty, with welfare parents, having a learning disability as a child, how this teacher in grade school took him under her wing, Ms. Torres, and, and changed his life. And that inspired him to become a teacher and then a principal and then an assistant administrator uh, of schools. And so that was a longer answer than, you, than the question that you asked, but I really, uh, I really can't stop talking about it because Pedro changed my life. That was a great answer, by the way. And also, those kinds of people engender those sorts of responses to when you, when you ask an open-ended question about someone like Pedro. I've had people in my life like that where you can't stop and just, well, I met him in 2015 or something. There's, there's just so much more to say. That enthusiasm and that sense that you have conveyed is what comes across in My Name is Pedro. And Let's talk a little bit about the circumstances where we catch up with him in the middle school that he's teaching at in the Bronx? Yes, in the South Bronx, MS391. So when he started teaching at MS391 in the South Bronx, it was a failing middle school with very low graduation rates. Uh, there were fights in the hallways, students not paying attention, uh, some teachers who were not as committed perhaps as they were when they started because it's hard to be a teacher. It's hard to be a teacher in the public education system. Certainly now, I'm so glad that people are regarding teachers as our heroes during this time. And he went into 391 and changed that school around mostly with his enthusiasm and his belief in the teachers and the students. Mm -hmm. And he knew every student by name and he would check up on each student, 
failing students were often visited by him at night in their homes where he would meet with the parents and talk about how they should not drop out of school and what could he do to help and who on the team from his school could he get to be that student's buddies, as he would call them, and save those students from dropping out of school. And then while he was there, graduation rates soared, and so did uh, students' grades. And I met so many of his teachers at MS391. They just loved being around him. They were always smiling. They were always looking to the next thing he said. And I met with one of his former students who talked about how he was really a troubled student and gave Pedro a really hard time when he was there. And then in the film, I got to meet the student in college at Stony Brook University. And he's a real leader now. And he talks about the impact that Pedro had on his life. He continued that legacy even after leaving 391 and going on to other schools. And also when you lift up a school in that way, you don't only lift up the students, you lift up the parents. Right. And then the parents lift up the community. That's what I mean about him having an impact on these communities around him. Right. And that is so true. Our public school system is beleaguered to say the least. And when you see people like Pedro, and there are lots of Pedros in the world, um, I myself am the beneficiary of a, of a Pedro in my life, and I, I can attest to just how important that is for someone to actually believe in you. All they, they don't have to do a lot except that they believe in you, and that sometimes is enough to spur people on. And what do you think it was about him that sort of fueled his, his desire to help others? Uh, you mentioned earlier in your answer about him dealing with his own learning disability or learning deficit. Do you think that gave him a degree of empathy, an ability to relate to students who weren't doing so well, and he overcame that? What do you think factored into why he was such a, a powerful positive force in these people's lives? I think that all of those things had an effect on him and inspired him to help other people. But I also think sometimes that a quality like the one that Pedro has is innate because he had that quality as a child, even before he met his mentor, even before he met, met Miss Torres, you know, sure, she believed in him. And by the way, that was at a time when teachers could invite students to their home and, you know, meet with them for, for lunch outside of school. You know, now, now the rules are much stricter. But she even went to Pedro's parents and asked to adopt him because the family was struggling. They, they did have six children. They were on welfare. And so Pedro overcame a lot in his childhood and growing up in that family. And another thing that he speaks about very openly in the film, and he'll tell you even when you meet him as this source of pride, not embarrassment, that his father was in jail and was a drug addict. And he'll say, you know, one of his favorite sayings was, isn't it amazing Meaning, my father was a drug addict. Isn't that amazing? 
meaning not to say that it's wonderful to take drugs, but that he became the father that he is today, despite his circumstances. And so Pedro believed that despite your circumstances, you can overcome them. You can be a leader, you can be great. And so I think that those things really, really spurred him on. And, you know, after being with Ms. Torres and, and, you know, and overcoming his learning disability uh, and really accepting himself as he was, he was then able to go on to the Peace Corps where he accomplished incredible things and then uh, during the time that he was a teacher, he was actually asked to go to Haiti and teach a group of in, in Grand Goav, um, where they were really suffering. And he was able to teach a group of educators there how to become better teachers. And he just loved that. He loved leaving the United States and helping people, helping communities. But I do think that his childhood helped. And another thing, his family, his siblings, they always had a sense of humor. And so their way of getting through things were to laugh, yeah. <laughs> were to laugh and tell jokes. And, and they were all really close to their parents. They really respected their parents. So money wasn't an issue, lack of money. Um, lack of resources wasn't an issue. They were a tight-knit family that really encouraged each other and they really encouraged Pedro. And I think that that made a massive difference in his life that now he's able to pass on to the rest of the world. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Lillian LaSalle, and she is the director of a documentary film called My Name is Pedro. And it is going to be out here in, well, in New York on the September 17th in the Maisel Cinema. Is this going to actually be in a theater, a theater experience, or is it virtual? Well, what it is virtual, and what's so incredible about this time right now, to just put a positive spin on it, of course, there are so many challenges, but... Pedro always liked to look at the positive side of things. So I'm going to say one positive thing for filmmakers. These virtual screenings are wonderful. They're a wonderful way to release a film. You can watch the film at your leisure, in your home, with your families. And so, yes, we are. We will be in a couple of sit-down theaters, but mostly we're releasing virtually. First at the Maisel's Documentary Center from September 17th to the 30th. And then at the Lamley in LA on October 2nd, and then nationwide. And I encourage people to go to the website, our website, where they can buy tickets. Uh, my name is Pedro.com. And if they go to the Maisel's website, they have a special link for educators and for students to buy $2 tickets to view the film. Nice. Really nice. And I agree with you. Uh, the uh, the pandemic challenge for filmmakers and for film goers, um, there are opportunities here, just as you described it. Virtual theater, that's something that in addition to being able to see the film, you also have an opportunity to support theaters. <clears throat> Brick and mortar theaters and cinemas around the country, which is great. We need to have those community spaces where we all gather to have a shared experience. I think 
that has always been one of the attractions for me as a, a film lover is to walk into a into a theater and sit in a darkened room with a bunch of strangers and walk out with this common experience. And I think that's a terrific thing and we should not lose sight of that. But in these days, virtual theater is also a great opportunity. And as I've said to other filmmakers, I also think that for films with not a huge budget for uh, publicity or ad campaigns and such, this has flattened the field in some ways for people who are looking for movies to not, immediately go to the $100 million ad campaign that they've seen on TV for the last two months and to actually look at the, th the films that are out there in front of them and understand that these are good films to actually take the chance, right? And, and being a virtual experience, you don't have to get in the car or hire a babysitter or all those other things that come along with going to a theater, to a brick and mortar theater. So this is a, it's, it's challenging. It's not fun in some ways, but it's also an opportunity, right? I agree 100%. Yes. The production of this, you mentioned this is a, a multi-year experience for you. For, did you say four or five years of filming Pedro and, and the people in his life? Yes, we um, shot the film for five years. And I rem at, we basically shot the film for five years and then spent two years in post-production editing it. Yeah. Uh, I remember very early in making the film, I actually talked to the famed Oscar-winning documentary director, Marshall Curry. And he talked about being in post-production for a year, two years, three years. And I thought, that won't be me. <laughs> that's, that's obviously just Marshall Curry. But, you know, how can you edit for so long? But I realized it is, it's a very long process taking all those bits of photography and creating a story, creating a, a beginning, middle, and end. And shooting the film as well for five years, you know, there's no script. Certainly there are scripts in documentary filmmaking. This was a, this was a follow Pedro and go uh, filmmaking experience. And so I didn't know when I'd stop shooting. And I remember talking to someone at, at HBO and saying, when will I know? When will it be obvious that I'm done shooting? And he said very simply, oh, you'll know. And he was right. Yeah, so basically this is a film that takes us in a lot of different directions but it's all held together by this amazing uh, presence of Pedro Santana. Uh, how, a little bit about how his sheer force of personality impacted your filmmaking and in, in, in making a, a My Name is Pedro. Um, he affected me greatly. I went into the film thinking, you know, is this guy for real? <laughs> Can a person like this exist? And how it affected me as a filmmaker is he taught me how to be more open and accepting because he was of everyone. And seeing that changed the way I saw the world. Uh, and it changed the way I shot him. Uh, and I would also, you know, in the beginning of the film, he'd speak, and then we'd shut off the camera. We'd say, okay, that's, that's enough. 
And then throughout making the film, I would tell the DP just when he's done with a sentence, just keep it rolling. Keep it rolling because what he says in his facial expression, in his eyes, it's all there. It's all, his spirit is there. So that was another takeaway um, that I had from making this film with him. Well, that is wonderful. And it, as, as I said earlier, that's reflected in the film itself. The film again is called My Name is Pedro. And we've been talking with the director and that would be Lillian LaSalle. Before I let you go, I want to remind people they can go to mynameispedro.com and it is virtual release and some brick and mortar theaters starting on September 17th. But go to My Name is Pedro. You can find out the information you need to see this film and you should see it and it'll make your day a little bit better by seeing it. So I want to thank you, Lillian LaSalle, for, for being here today on Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.